I'm a musician. And since the start of the pandemic, I've been holing up in my basement studio to record on most days. I make my coffee in the morning and head downstairs, I plug in my guitar and see what happens. Sometimes I work on a song, but more often than not, I improvise and listen back to what I played later to see if there is any usable material. A few days ago, I had a vivid dream about playing guitar. Now, this isn't unusual for me. I spend so much time in the waking world doing this that it often creeps into my dream life. The thing that was markedly different, however, was that I was using a guitar pedal I don't actually have. Typically, if I dream about playing music, it's focused around the actual experience of playing rather than setting up my gear. However, I woke up to the clearest memory of this dream pedal. The guitar pedal was pitch black with silver letters that read Ancient Perfume across the top. It had one switch and one dial. The switch moved between two settings, uh, day and night. The dial started out set to zero, but you had the option to move it to the level to BC or to the right to AD. And there were some notches that corresponded to the way BC and AD years span out from point zero. In the dream, I was messing with the pedal. I had it on the day setting, and maybe about halfway up the AD side of the dial. It created a beautiful sound, a wash with a reverb. I only struck a few notes, but they rang out so gloriously that I woke up with goosebumps all over my arms and legs. My friend Ryan builds custom guitar pedals, so I told him about the dream during a Zoom call. He laughed and said it would be no big deal to create something like that. It seemed like a fun concept to have a pedal that I had dreamed in my studio. I offered him some musical equipment as a trade, and he said he'd get to work. A month or so later, Ryan left the finished guitar pedal in a box on my front steps. I collected it and took it down to the basement immediately. It was black with silver lettering, but obviously looked a little different than the one in my dream. Ryan had done a great job with it. I was floored that he had been able to pull this off. He told me he had programmed the pedal so that the day setting had a brighter, clearer tone, while the night setting had a muddier, reverb-soaked sound. The further you went back to BC, the more distant things would be, almost like you were listening to music played through the floorboards of a room filled with water. If you moved the dial to AD, the sound would become louder, more soaring, the notes would ring out like I told them they had in my dream. I fiddled with it for a couple of hours, Trying out all the different settings, I recorded my session as I always do. I don't end up using most of the material, but I've gotten into the habit of archiving everything just in case. It's easier to do that than stop what I'm doing in the middle of a groove to set up all my recording equipment. A couple days later, I got around to listening back to the recording. I was cleaning up the basement studio, absentmindedly letting the file play on my headphones as I dusted and organized. All was pretty normal when I was using the day setting. Both uh, BC and AD had their own unique sounds that developed more the further I rotated the dial. I made a mental note of which combinations would work for different projects later on. Things started to get weird when I heard myself switch over to the night setting. I had begun the night improvisation setting on the zero AD mark in the middle, just to establish the different sounds. I nearly dropped the dusting rag I was clutching when I listened to it. There was the sound of a crowd in the background, 
It was clear as day. Some cheering, some screaming, and even what sounded like booing or heckling that would rise up every so often and then dissolve back into screams. I paused it, wondering if I had somehow recorded over another track. Maybe one of my old live recordings had ended up in the GarageBand file. I double-checked, but there was no clear reason why this would be happening, especially because the first twenty minutes of my recording session was completely clear. I built my own studio to be soundproof, so there was no way that it was coming from outside or any other part of the house. The noise was pretty unbearable. I listened on, and the crowd noise eventually went away, but not until I turned the dial back to the next notch in the B.C. direction. At first, everything sounded great. It was a different sound than the day, with a little more edge to it. I could see it being a perfect setting for when I played with my band, uh, once we were able to do that again. Only a minute or so in, I began to hear voices again. This time, it was less of a crowd and more like a group of people chanting. I stopped cleaning and sat down at my computer. I messed with the audio settings to try to scoop out whatever frequency was causing this anomaly, but it wouldn't go. The sound of my playing was impacted by my edits, but the chanting stayed the same regardless. I could almost hear what they were saying, and it did not sound like it was English. I wondered then if maybe my amplifier was picking up some radio signal. It's an old tube amp, and will occasionally have some audio issues like that. I set up my guitar with the ancient perfume pedal to plug directly into the board. I was a little bummed that I would likely have to part with my amp while Ryan worked on it, but figured this would solve whatever issue was causing these voices to show up in the background. I recorded using the night setting on all the various notches of the BC and AD dial so I could accurately test their sound. I didn't get a chance to listen back to the new recording until the next day. I was baffled by what I was hearing. The crowd noise was still there at first. When I clicked the dial back one notch in the BC direction, it changed over to chanting. It wasn't immediate. For a moment, when I'd start playing on any setting, everything sounded great. And then the noise would start up. I listened on. As the BC dial was turned further back, the chanting turned into talking. I did my best to isolate the sound and could clearly hear people having a conversation. It was not in any language I recognized, and I've toured all over the world. This went on until the next click in the BC direction. The voices went away and were replaced with singing. It was a female-sounding voice, and it seemed to perfectly harmonize with what I was playing. Was it some kind of weird overtone? I knew I needed to call Ryan and fill him in. On the next click to the left, the singing ended, and for a minute I wondered if I had found the sweet spot. My guitar sounded great, and I was happy with the audio quality. But then I started to hear animal noises. It was like a rainforest field recording or something like that. There were birds shrieking and what sounded like monkeys screaming, something roaring in the distance, all while I noodled around on the guitar. It seemed to tell a story. I could hear the animals, and then they sounded like they were becoming afraid. The shrieks became like warnings. The roars were bellows. A sound so loud came that I cried out and ripped the headphones off. They were vibrating on my desk buzzing from the weight of the impact. 
My ears still ringing, I brought the volume of the project way down and tentatively put the headphones back on once I was sure the noise was gone. What was strange is that I was monitoring the audio wave on the computer and there was no indication of any spike in sound, let alone something so catastrophically noisy. There were two more clicks to the left in the BC direction on my recording, and the first one brought relative silence with something that sounded like wind or a storm going on outside. It was actually kind of a cool effect, and I wondered if I could do some kind of meditation-type track with it. The notch farthest to the left brought relative silence behind my recording, but the silence eventually gave way to a strange frequency. It made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. It was unchanging. A single note. I found my little studio keyboard and quickly discovered it was an E. The piece I had been playing didn't even have an E in the scale. The AD recordings were less nuanced from notch to notch. Uh, they all had the sound of chatter in them. Uh, the further I turned the dial to the right, uh, the louder the chatter got. Eventually, uh, one turn from the end, it was deafening. It sounded like a thousand people talking at once. I could barely hear my recording. This was ridiculous. I heard myself switch the dial to the last setting, the furthest rotation to the right in the AD direction, but the recording was just blank. I couldn't hear my guitar, and there was no other noise either, just total silence that lasted until the end of the audio file. I'm going to get in touch with Ryan to let him know what's going on with the pedal. I... I can't seem to figure it out. It's kind of a cool quirk, but I'm interested to know what the mechanics are. Update. I sent Ryan the recordings, and he just called me back. He has no idea why the pedal is producing those sounds. He said the inner mechanism is very simple. It's just a reverb unit. There is nothing that should be causing voices to emit, or tones of any kind. He asked me about a hundred questions about my audio setup which he has seen many times before, and then settled on his diagnosis that I'm fucking with him. He laughed a little about it and said it was a good joke, and that I must have talked to his wife, Cindy. Uh, Cindy is a history teacher, and we've all known each other for years, but I assured him that no, I hadn't spoken with Cindy in weeks. He got kind of quiet, and I pressed him to know what he meant. He told me when he was building the pedal, uh, Cindy was there, talking to him. Uh, she was amused by the pedal's BC and AD functions, and went on to point out the different notches to deliver a history lesson to Ryan. I wanted more information, and he said he'd have Sydney call me when she got home. Update number two. I just got off the phone with Cindy. She hasn't heard the recordings yet, so she didn't quite understand Ryan's request, but happily obliged when she realized she'd get to talk about history. As she told me that she had briefly chatted with Ryan about the different periods of both ancient and pre-human history while he was making the pedal, going on about the Precambrian era, uh, development of life on Earth, uh, the time when animals like the dinosaurs ruled supreme before the great meteor came, evolution of human life, and a gradual development of language, song, and community. She said that 0 AD was the start of modern history and was marked by the life and public death of Christ. Since 0 AD, human civilization had gone through numerous eras, but modern life has been more about exponential growth rather than any sort of geological epoch. I said that it was funny how when she talked about it that I almost wondered if I was hearing dinosaurs screaming and not birds and monkeys. 
And she laughed and said I had a big imagination. Update number three. I've played with all the many sounds of the ancient perfume petal again. I've spent some more time in each of the epics. I played in zero AD night for an hour, and when I listened back, the crowd noise eventually reached a crescendo. Uh, people were screaming and jeering, and then it turned into crying. The crying gave way to silence. Uh, near the end of my recording, I heard what sounded like a small group of overjoyed people chanting and cheering tearfully. It reminded me of the movies I've seen about the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Update number four. I've played all day today, uh, a couple hours in each of the epics. If you spend enough time on the first notch of BC, uh, the people chanting eventually changes over time into someone giving a speech. I was able to isolate the voice and transcribe some of it. Uh, the language is not anything that Google Translate can recognize. Uh, one tick over, there was the quiet conversation. It seems to pan from left to right, uh, like the people were moving around. Uh, some people made sounds that were rudimentary, uh, more like grunts or sighs than any kind of diction. Their verbalizations panned around my headphones. Sometimes there was nothing, and then a new group of people would show up and, and then pan through as if they were all passing by me, uh, never stopping, never staying in one place. Another rotation to the left on BC, and we were back to the beautiful female voice. It was more sophisticated than the previous sounds. She harmonized with everything I played, her voice drifted over my guitar and filled in the empty spaces, soft and warm as velvet. And who was she? Why was she here? Between the migrating voices and the shrieks of an ancient jungle. I clicked to the left and we were back with the animals. They were not like dinosaurs I had heard on TV or film, but, but I had spent some time looking at monkeys and big cat sounds, and there was no way that that was what I was listening to. I heard a whole lush jungle, warm breezes and trees swaying, and animals with big, heavy feet passing through. They called out to each other. Uh, they ate from big, crunchy leaves. I heard their tones change over to those filled with fear as they screamed and cried, and from this warning I knew to remove my headphones just in time for the big crash. On the second to last notch, there was the sound of wind water and earth, without man or beast. It was gentle, uh, soothing, and I thought again how it would make an excellent backing track for a New Age album. Slipping into a gentle meditation, I listened to the peace of the landscape free from mobile life. But what about this frequency on the last notch of BC? It played an E no matter what I do on my guitar. It's a sound that rings out, a sound that seems to shift everything I do back to it. I can't break away from it. I play in another key and it reins it in, pulling it to E. Is this the sound of the earth as it's pulled into orbit, as it started its days under the watchful guidance of the sun? I can't think of anything else but playing music. Update number five. I slept, finally. After a few days of nothing but playing, I visited all the eras. AD is more interesting than I thought. Each notch to the right brings something more recognizable. If you stay on a notch long enough, the voices become clearer. I've heard the birth of modern language. Eventually, English words emerge from the mystery. I heard old songs, folk songs that dance around my guitar. 
Plays are recited in Italian and English. I heard occasional wars, if I stay on a notch long enough. The voices pass through the airwaves, and I hear everything they say now. Sometimes the conversations are seemingly insignificant, couples sharing love or talking about their day. It seems it's all here. Nothing has happened on the earth which doesn't have an echo. Update number six. I reached now. I'm one notch from the last on the AD side, and I played for ten hours. I heard pieces of my own life eventually, and then I heard my own guitar layered on top of the recording. It was Horse With No Name by America, the first song I ever learned to play as a kid. I could hear my dad, who was a huge fan of theirs, teaching me in the background. I had to buy a new hard drive to hold all the recordings. Eventually, I heard my phone conversations with Ryan and Cindy, and I heard the keys of my computer and the recording I was listening to as I typed up my story for all of you. Update number seven. I played on the last notch of AD for about five hours, as it is nothing but silence. I tried everything I can to finesse the file. Uh, I've played with my amp, uh, even gone directly in, but there's nothing. So I went back to the notch before and did all my playing there. I hear up to now, and uh, then I hear the news. I hear all the latest stuff that I've been reading in the papers. The voices are deafening, but sometimes the audio will focus in here or there. Uh, there are so, so many people. I have to concentrate so hard on their voices that I get a pounding headache. The cacophony lifts, and uh, then a voice filters in. A few people talking about my story. They read about it online. The noise swells again, uh, deafening. Billions of voices layered. It's as loud as the explosion of the dinosaur notch. I take my headphones off and wait. I don't have to wait too long. Everything goes silence after that, and I can't produce any more sound on this setting. It's completely, blissfully silent. Update number eight. In the place of silence on the AD dial for nine hours and a single tone rings out. It's in the key of E. I play so long my fingers bleed and my eyes glaze over from lack of sleep. The E reigns in my sound and draws it all back to itself. I let it play all day, and eventually, from out of that comes the sound of wind, the sound of waves, the sound of a world starting over. Dear Diary, We're going on a vacation. I'm really surprised because Daddy said we didn't have the money for a summer vacation this year, but... He came home today and told me and Mommy to start packing. I don't know where we're going yet, but I can't wait. I filled my suitcase to the brim with my clothes. Uh, Daddy hasn't said how long we'd be gone yet. I wonder if we're going to see Grandma and Grandpa down in Florida. I, I hope so. They promised the next time I came down they'd take me to Disney World. I've always wanted to go. But mommy's really tired, so... I'm trying to help her pack, but she keeps saying, don't worry, and sends me back to my room. I wonder if the baby will be born in Florida. I gotta go. Uh, Dad's coming down the hall. Uh, he really wants to get going. Dear Diary, uh, we're on the road. Oh, boy, we packed a lot of stuff into the van. Uh, Dad put on my favorite playlist so we can sing uh, Let It Go on the way to Disney World. Uh, he hasn't said that's where we're going yet, but I just know it. 
Why else do we pack so much? I get to take up the whole back seat. When it's nighttime, Dad usually lets me unbuckle so I can sleep. It's also so hard sleeping in the car, though. I hope Mom doesn't need to puke. Uh, when she first told me that I was getting a little brother or sister, she was non-stop... She was non-stop barfing. <laughs> oh, I think we're meeting with Uncle Harry and our cousins on the way down, too. I hope Uncle Harry brings his camper. Uh, we're not allowed to stay in it while it's moving, but maybe if I ask really nicely. Dear Diary, I get to stay in the camper. It was getting really dark by the time we met up with Uncle Harry. Uh, traffic was really bad today, and Dad had to keep turning off Frozen so we could check on the radio. I don't know why. I, I think he wanted to hear the traffic reports. Uh, for some reason, Aunt Debbie isn't here. I tried to ask Uncle Harry why she wasn't, but... He seemed grumpy, so I just played Go Fish with Kevin and Macy. Uh, Kevin didn't even call it a baby game this time, so and that was fun. Macy said she thinks her mommy was working at the hospital when it was time to go. Uh, that's really sad. She's going to miss Mickey Mouse. Dear Diary, I'm so bored. We've been on the road for two days, and I'm already so bored. I think Uncle Harry is sad about something. He keeps crying at nights and not looking at Macy. Whenever I get car sick and try to look out the window when we've stopped, he snaps at me to keep the blinds shut. Kevin's sad, too. Uh, he's pretending like he's not crying, but I can hear him in the bathroom sometimes. I think he really misses his mommy. Uh, Macy misses her, too, but she's not crying. I don't want to play any more Go Fish, but there's no internet out here, so I can't watch anything on YouTube. This is going to be a long trip. Dear Diary, I think I saw someone who was really sick today. We were stopped at a gas station to load up on snacks. I think we were the only ones there because I didn't see anyone else. I was playing Barbies with Macy just outside the camper and we were pretending to be a dragon rider when I heard something. I looked up and saw a lady walking up. She didn't look very good. Uh, her skin was all gross, and her eyes were leaking green and white goo, uh, sort of like whenever I had a cut that gets infected. She looked really scary. I yelled for Kevin, and he poked his head out to see her getting closer. I, I think he was scared. He grabbed me by the hair, and Macy, too, uh, pulling us in and yelling to his dad that one of them was out there. I dropped my Barbie and asked Kevin to go get it, because... I didn't want to see that ucky lady anymore, uh, but he told me to shut up. He must have felt bad, because after his dad came back, he went and got my doll. I don't know what happened to that lady, but uh, she was gone. I think Uncle Harry told her to go away. Dear Diary, uh, we're not going to Disney World. Uh, dad held a, a powwow when we stopped for the night to tell us why we were on vacation. It's not really a vacation. Uh, people are getting sick, and they're becoming very dangerous. If we're too loud, they'll come, and they'll hurt us. The sick people are attracted to noise, and they're very dangerous. Uh, they could get us sick, too. I, I don't want to get sick, so I want to be quiet. Aunt Debbie died. That's why Kevin and Uncle Harry have been so sad. They told me and Macy at the same time. One of the sick people hurt her really badly while she was at work. She's in heaven now with Great Aunt Julia and 
and my dog, Bucket. I'm going to miss Aunt Debbie. She always liked singing in the car with us, even though she sung really badly. Macy cried until she fell asleep. I haven't cried yet. I, I feel really sad, but I can't cry. I hope I'm not broken. Dear Diary, I'm not broken. It, it just took a while. I was eating breakfast with Kevin and Macy when I started bawling my eyes out. I'm, I'm never, ever going to see Aunt Debbie again. She's not going to get to see Mommy's baby. And I'm scared that I'll get sick too and haunt Macy and Kevin and Mommy. Macy hugged me better and told me that I wasn't ever, ever going to get sick. We have her daddy and my daddy and they'll make sure that we're safe. That makes me feel better. I think Mommy's scared about the baby. We can't go to a hospital, so she can have it. I, I hope she'll be okay. Dear Diary, Mommy's having the baby right now. She's hurting really bad, but she's trying not to scream, so the uh, zombies, that's what Kevin says they are, don't find us. I feel really bad for her. I gotta stay in the truck now. I'm keeping a lookout for zombies with Macy and Kevin. I haven't seen any, though. Just a lot of empty road and uh, no cars. It's super quiet. I take that back. Mommy just screamed. Kevin had his dad's gun in his hand, and he's looking scared. I'm a little scared too, but I know that we'll be okay. Dear Diary, I, I have a little brother. I, I'm so happy. We're all really happy. He's so tiny and, and bald. He's got like maybe five hairs on his head. And Dad told me to stop exaggerating, but it's, <laughs> it's true. I love him so much. I want him to be safe and uh, promise Mommy that I'll do my best to make sure he's happy. Mommy's tired, but she smiled so wide when I said that. My brother's named Nathan. I love him so, so very much. Dear Diary, it's been a crazy few days. Uh, Nathan really likes to cry a lot. Uh, Dad says uh, I wasn't this fussy, but I think he's stressed out. Uh, we've seen a lot more uh, zombies lately, and now that we're getting closer to a town, and they can hear Nathan crying. Uncle Harry and Dad go out when they start getting too close to bashing their heads with a baseball bat. It's a lot quieter than the gun, uh, which can only be used in emergencies. I'm not allowed to look outside when they're getting rid of the zombies, but sometimes I take a peek. I always knew my daddy was strong. Nathan's crying again. Mommy says he's having trouble uh, lactating. I, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to have a headache if Nathan keeps crying. Dear Diary, Uncle Harry, Daddy, and Kevin are going into town. They have to get baby supplies. Mom is letting me and Macy take care of Nathan while she's lookout. I get to be a babysitter for my own brother. Macy doesn't like holding him. She says he kind of stinks, but I, I love holding him. He's so still, and he just looks at me, and I love it so much. Because he loves me, too. It's, it's getting dark. I hope Daddy gets home soon. Dear Diary, 
It's been two days. Daddy and everyone else isn't back yet. Mommy's really scared. She's tried calling them a few times, but they they don't pick up. It just rings. She's crying. I'm so scared that my daddy's dead. Nathan needs to stop crying. The zombies are getting closer. And mommy isn't strong enough to use the bat to bash in their heads. Dear diary, daddy's back. Everyone's okay. And they brought back so much stuff. I get to have uh, potato chips at dinner tonight. <laughs> I'm so excited. Kevin told me what happened. Apparently they got cornered into a building and had to wait for the right moment to book it. It was so scary, he said, but it sounds exciting. I'm glad everyone's not hurt, though. Uh, Nathan's a lot happier that Daddy's back, too, I, I think. I can't wait for potato chips. I have to wait until Daddy and Uncle Harry clear away the zombies, though. Uh, no dinner until we're safe. Dear Diary, We didn't have dinner last night. Uncle Harry's dead. He got torn to pieces in front of the camper. We thought the zombies were all gone, but they weren't, and Uncle Harry was heading on back when they all attacked him at once, and they bit his neck, and it, there was so much blood, and it was so, so horrible. There was nothing Daddy could do. We all cried last night as we drove away. We couldn't even bury him. We had to leave him behind. Macy and Kevin don't have a mommy or a daddy anymore. I don't have an uncle anymore. Daddy doesn't have a brother anymore. I wish we were going to Disney instead. Dear Diary, Mommy says that Nathan has a colic. I, I think that just means he cries a lot. Kevin's teaching me and Macy how to drive the camper. He no longer teases us or calls our dolls stupid. He makes sure we have plenty to eat and reminds us to be quiet. I keep waking up in the night, crying. Kevin at once had to smush a pillow into my face to keep me quiet because he couldn't wake me up. I can't stop thinking about Uncle Harry. How much it hurts when the zombies ate him. Why is this happening to us? And why can't Nathan stop crying? Dear Diary, Mommy and Daddy are going to get more supplies. Nathan needs more formula and diapers. Kevin is going to keep lookouts while they're gone. Uh, Macy and I are going to watch the baby. He won't stop crying. We're trying so hard, but he won't be quiet. We're trying to feed him, but he won't eat, and he won't nap. And his diaper's clean, and I don't know what to do. I keep asking Kevin, but he, he doesn't know either. I heard Daddy tell Kevin if they're not back in two days, we have to leave. I hope Daddy comes back in time. Dear Diary, I'm a murderer. I killed Nathan. It, it was an accident. The zombies were getting closer. Uh, Kevin was in front with his bat prepped, and uh, Nathan just wouldn't stop crying. Uh, Macy was crying, too. Uh, she was so scared that they were going to get inside to get to the noise, and then the zombies would eat us all up. I didn't know what to do, so I decided to make Nathan quieter by covering his face with a pillow. 
It worked. He stopped crying, but when I took the pillow away, his lips were blue and he wasn't breathing. I tried to wake him up, but he wouldn't wake up. I shouted for Kevin, and he tried to wake Nathan up, but he, he couldn't. I killed my own little brother. I'm so sorry, Nathan. It wasn't your fault you were colicky, but it's my fault for not being able to help you. Dear Diary, we had a funeral for Nathan today. I wasn't allowed to be a part of it. I had to stay in the trailer. Mommy hit me when she found out what happened. Kevin tried to take the blame, but I couldn't let him do that. It wouldn't be fair. I killed Nathan, not Kevin. Mommy hates me now. Whenever I say something, she tells me to shut up. She hates me, and I hate me too. I think Macy hates me too. She doesn't want to play with me anymore. Daddy just makes sure I eat, even though I don't want to. He doesn't talk to me. I think the only person who likes me now is Kevin. After dark, I'll sneak out and put my favorite doll on Nathan's grave, so he isn't alone when we leave. Dear Diary, Mommy isn't doing well. She keeps snapping and yelling at everyone, even though Daddy has to remind her that she has to be quiet or uh, the zombies will get us. Last night I woke up and she was standing over my bed. I sat up and asked why she was up. She just glared and stomped back to bed and started crying again. I just make things worse by being here. Dear Diary, I think Mommy tried to kill me today. I was washing up at a creek we stopped by when my head was shoved down below the water. I couldn't breathe. I tried to scream, but I got a mouthful of mud. I, I thought I was going to drown. Then I was let go, and I popped back up so I could scream. Mommy was being dragged away by Kevin. Kevin was calling her a lot of mean words I can't repeat, but I can write down. A bitch was one of them. He called her a bitch a lot. Mommy just cried and screamed nonsense, so we had to get out of there quickly so the zombies couldn't find us. My mouth still tastes like dirt. Mommy's just sitting on the couch and staring at me. Kevin won't leave my side. I'm glad there's someone who loves me still. Dear Diary, we're almost to Florida. Maybe we can make it to Disneyland after all. Dear Diary, my parents forgot me. We stopped at an abandoned motel. There was no one there except for a few zombies, and Kevin took care of them. He's so strong. I went to sleep in a bed last night. Macy was next to me. When I woke up this morning, I, I was alone, with my backpack full of my favorite toys and my favorite foods. The camper's gone. They'll realize I'm gone soon and, and come back, right? Dear Diary, It's been two days. I've spotted a few zombies, but they don't come close. They don't realize I'm here. I'm excellent at being quiet. I'm still waiting for my mom and dad. I'm, I'm searching the motel for more food so I don't go hungry. 
At least the sink works, so I'm not thirsty. Dear diary, it's it's been five days. They have to come back soon. They have to. Dear diary, it's been two whole weeks. I think I found all the food that's left here, and mommy and daddy aren't ever coming back. So I gotta go find them. I packed my bag full as I could, and I'm gonna start walking today. Maybe they'll still be going to Disney, and we can meet up there. I'm so sorry, Mommy and Daddy, for killing Nathan. But maybe when I find you again, you'll forgive me. Bethany. Bethany.